what are you building at the moment? So I've just opened the combat patrol box uh, for the Dakari. Um, because last night I put together three ten-man squads of cavalite warriors, one box of scourges, and two boxes of vinkabai. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's a lot of gluing up. Um. <laughs> and I was like, well, hey, let's do more. <laughs> um. I'm currently I'm going to start on the Araman from this box. I've already got him, but. I'm going to have him in a different combo because I've got him with the standard power sword that he gets and the blast, do I believe? So I need to kind of check in the codex and be like, oh, what other variants could I make in this guy? <laughs> so, well, yeah, you can give him like an agonizer whip. So if you've got a spare whip left over, if you wanted to make him look like evil. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking I'm going to do. Yeah, otherwise he's just got different variants of the sword. But if you wanted to get crafty, there's a relic called the Jin Blade, and it's like you could like customize a sword for him and make it look unique. That'd be cool. That's epic. Reminds me, I've got spare brews actually for Dakari, so I think I'll have a spare Agonizer somewhere. Yeah. Well, the Scourges, if they come with it, like if you haven't put it on there, then that's cool. Otherwise, um, my Succubus that I use, she's got. One of the pole arms from a raider. Oh, and yeah. she uses that for her weapon. And that looks awesome. That's epic. Well, I, I put an, um, I put one of the agonizers on a on a reaver um, for, for one of my latest squads I put together uh, two days ago. And the leader, uh, the reaver, just with the agonizer is just like, man, that looks epic. Like... It's just that reavers can also move. I think it's like 28 or 31 inches with like um, a special oh. ability. Um, Dude, you know. Yeah, they're so good because they advance and that they've got a 14 inch move. They advance eight inches. And then I think one of the traits you can take for them gives them an extra two inch to their advance. Yeah, is um, it, a cab, cabal cult. Yeah, it's like, it's like wherever you want them, that's where they are. Well, it's just the fact that, like, they can when you when you get them up, and then they could do the mortal wounds. I think it's with the graph talons as well. I think like it's so. Um, yeah, so you can give them. Them, you can give them that, oh, and then yeah. there's even a stratagem that when they fly past something, they can do mortal wounds. Yeah, so this is the uh, cluster claptrope. So um, each time an enemy unit within engagement range of the bearer falls back, roll 1d6 on a 4+, plus. that unit suffers one mortal wound. I think the one we're talking about is the Grav Talons, actually, I'm sorry. Uh, after the bearer makes a charge move, select one enemy unit within the engagement range of them, roll 1d6 on a 4+, plus. that unit suffers one mortal wound, and on a six, that unit suffers D three mortal wounds instead. Oh, oh it's just so bad. good. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's I, just I have a lot of fun playing my Jakari. There's so much cool stuff you can do with them. Oh yeah. And like so- the Codex is an absolute like it, it's outstanding how they've done the Jakari Codex because every single unit in the Codex is viable in its own way. Like, it's not like certain codexes where it's like, you have to build it this way if you want to do well. Jakari can literally go, well, I want a bit of everything, and it's still going to perform really, really well. 
Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, that that's the thing. It, it Like, I feel like Dakari D- really have everything up to top purpose in regards to its play style now. So like, you know, which is do their thing as they should do. Cowlite Warriors do their thing as they should do. And, you know, when you put them with the Venoms and you've got the ultimate combo, you know, when you put them in squads of five or if you put them in a squad of ten or a Reaver or a Raider, you know, and you and you move them, you know, it's it's so much better because I find the only armory that really had multi-purpose and everything had a meaning in was the Space Marines codec. You know, it was always the Space Marines oh, they get this, the Space Marines are the best at everything. So it's nice to have a different army where it's like, damn, um, you know, these are really cool Dakari. Yeah, these are lethal. I, I want to be a Dakari player now. Or it's the same with Sisters of Battle with all the new stuff they're getting. Like, Sisters of Battle are awesome. So it's nice to see armies get a lot more credibility rather than just Space Marines all the time. Because uh, the one... It's so focused on all the time. So it's nice to have uh, a good variant of options. Yeah, 100%. Like the, it's really good to see the sisters do so well because their range was reject, like not rejected, but just pushed back for so long. It's good to see that now that they've updated the line and the models all look stunning, that the rules are actually helping them out. And you're starting to see sisters quite a lot across the table. Yeah, it's it's so nice to see because I remember when I started uh, 40k in fourth edition, and they they didn't even have their own codex. It was like you know everything had to be downloaded from a from a website. Um, I think it was like the Games Workshop site or like an FAQ thing. Um, you know, and they were always having FAQs. It, it took so long for them to get their own codex, and it was just like you know, what's what's going on? Are these like a proper army, and then. You know, th- th- they had the treatment they finally deserved, so it was really nice to see. Yeah, 100% agree, because, like, and, like, the idea of them is really cool, like, these fanatic, faithful, like, yeah, they're just a really cool idea, and it's good to see that they're fun. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, I think... I think one army I'm really looking forward to see getting an update, which I feel like kind of deserves new models, is uh, is Grey Knights. Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't feel like they have a lot of stuff, to be honest. Um, within their um, within their armory, um, as yeah. as a collective. Um, yeah. Well, know, it's the, the one box kit does pretty much ninety percent of their troops, like. They have the Grey Knights box, they have the Grey Knight Terminators box, and then they have the Dread Knight. And then I'm pretty sure that covers their entire codex, other than Space Marine like tanks. Yeah, and, and this is a thing it's as well now when it's like when you when you buy like the codexes for like the Blood Angels or the Space Wars, it's kinda of like you know, you'll find certain tanks in there or certain tanks won't be in within there or they can't have this or can't have that. I mean, well, they can, but it's you, you have to buy the space marines codex as well, and I and I think that's one thing that kind of annoyed me a bit is you know you have to get the space marines codex in order to then have you know like the rules for the land raider. What you know why can't I just buy the space? Marines? 
codex and not have the land raider in there. Right. It, it, it seems of a way of being like, I, I don't know why Games Workshop kind of want to do that, but that's up and to it, them at the end of the day. Because I play Death Watch and I've got an entire supplement for maybe six data sheets. And it's Come like, it, yeah, it's just, it's frustrating. It's not frustrating because I like having the books. They're pretty and all that. But I hate having to pay, you know, nearly full cost for a second book for the six data sheets. And I know that, like, I need those data sheets to be able to play because that's where all my, like, special Death Watch stuff comes from. Yeah. You know, where else are you going to get your raw seed results, you know? So. Yeah. But, like, at the same time, it also has worked out sort of well for me because I got my Death Watch and I also have Space Wolves. So mm-hmm. I only need the one Space Marine Codex and it works for both. So, I don't know. It... The supplements are a good idea, but to an extent, because like you said, like with Space Wolves, they're a big chapter of their own thing. It's hard that you have to pay nearly nearly a second full price codex just to be yeah. able to run them. I, I think what's difficult as well is like, okay, so now the problem is, say you go to a tournament, you're not taking one book now, you're not taking two books. You're taking three books, you know. You're not taking just your your codex for your space horse. You're not just taking your rule book. Now you're also having to carry the space marines codex. Um, a little bit frustrating, you know. And unless you've got like a photocopier at home and then you just photocopy the pages, brilliant, you know. I, I would probably suggest doing that as a lighter way to travel because when I'm traveling and I'm going to games and I've I've been I've played a couple tournament games at Warhammer World before. I like to travel light. I don't like carrying too much. Um, and this is where it becomes a problem as well in regards to carry cases, because what I tend to do is I try to make lists um, where I then don't have to take as many models because I get worried about taking too many. So it's like I limit myself and I auto- I automatically back myself into a corner when gaming because I'm so worried about models breaking. So it's just... Right. Uh, and like... The thing that I found with going to the Jakari events, like the events with my Jakari, is that like it's so hard to transport them between tables. Like it's already enough that I have to take four venoms, two raiders, three ravages, two flyers. Like that's already a lot I have to take to the thing. But then it's in between games. I have to move that to a new table. And you don't actually get a lot of time between games. So I get what you're saying about the miniature cases because it's like it's actually at like it's so much harder to have all those extra things because you have to move them around a lot. And, you know, I had one of my gunboats break at my first tournament just because it was like, I was constantly moving it. Oh no. Yeah. See, see, that's the thing as well. When it's like, just if there was an easier way just to move characters along to one board to another, it's, it's just so much better. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I know, um, they used to sell these tray things for um, Warhammer Fantasy back in the day, you know, just the square bases, and you put them all in these trays, and they're so much easier. And I don't know if they do that for, like, Warhammer 40K. I've not looked too much into it. I might have to. But if they do, probably worth investing in them. Yeah, they the Apocalypse came out with movement trays, but they're only, like, five big at a time, which is all right. But, like, if you're playing, like, a big horde army, you need to spend a fair bit to invest in that. But there are a lot of 3D printers and um, company, like third-party companies out there that are selling movement trays 
you know, to help make life easier. But one of my oh, friends, mm-hmm. the way he moves all his stuff is he's got this giant, like, it's this long plastic container and he's stuck a metal sheet to the bottom of it. And then he's got tiny magnets on the bottom of all his bases. So he just puts it in there and he can move it around without the models moving heaps. So that seems to be a good way to like help mitigate it. Cause he plays a lot of guard, which is a lot of infantry and tanks is bringing. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's a lot to set up as well. And that, and that's the thing. If I ever go to a tournament and I'm like, well, I'm playing guard and then, you know, the amount of infantry squad you've got and heavy weapons platforms and tanks and you just be like, yeah. I mean, I'm being sarcastic here, but it's like going to take you about a good three, four hours every time you move a team. Right, yeah. And then you get some players that just play like 120 Orc boys, and then you're like, yeah, I could never do that. Like, I have Tyranids, and I don't like playing Swarm at home. Like, I feel personally attacked by this. Hey, Caleb. Hey, dude. Good, how are you? I'm good. All right, so... Jordan, this is Caleb. Caleb, this is Jordan. Caleb. Um, Caleb is an orc player, so he picked the perfect Ooh. time to jump in then. <laughs> I also own a 3D printer. It is on, it's one of my uh, foreseeable future projects to, to do up a bunch of movement trays. Yeah, no, for sure. Like, I've I've literally swapped over to Chaos and not played my Orcs because I got sick of moving them for 45 minutes every turn. I, I think we had games where you're just like piling them up. Oh, yeah. Just by like, the end of the game, just moving a pile yeah. of them so you don't have to space them out anymore. <laughs> Which is better since now 7th didn't have the fucking pie plates. You could destroy a whole mob of them if you don't space them properly. Oh, yeah. Oh, I missed my break. <laughs> oh, basilisk pie plates! They were they were the thing. They were good. Do you, do you remember the big apocalypse ones that you could get? Yeah, yeah, the ones that could actually swallow a whole mob of thirty boys. Yeah, yeah. They they were good. I think it was, depends on how you felt. I, I played a horde. I mean, it was all shit. <laughs> well, I, I remember um, having my first tournament game in, in uh, at Warhammer World, and then basically they turned around and me like, right, everyone gets one big apocalypse pie plate for free. What oh. happened was, so one of my mates, um, so he built a um, a Warhound Titan, right, his own Warhound Titan. Now, this isn't your original Warhound Titan. This is. And I really mean a make her own. Um, <laughs> like we're talking like a five minute crafts thing here. And uh, he made the whole thing out of um, oh, what was it like tubing for like toilets, like plumbing tubing and cardboard boxes. <laughs> and oh my days, it was it was dreadful. And basically, everyone looked around at each other. We all thought the same thing. We all took our pockets, pie plates, and put it on this one model because it was the only <laughs> thing we bought. Um, and basically, we blew it up because, literally, like, it was the only thing he took to... So you you take one model to Warhammer World with you. You bring that. Everyone's got, you know, professionally painted models. He's brought a cereal box on tube leggings, you know. <laughs> and it's just like... This is an insult. This is heresy. You must go. 
high place all on this thing. Destroyed first turn. Yeah, you're gone. Have fun. <laughs> the rest of the game. It was just because the thing is, even so, they, literally, it was bad. So some of the guys from Forge World, because that's where like the main thing is in, in Nottingham where we played, they came out to have a look at this. And they said to my mate, they said, that is an insult <laughs> to our Warhound Scouts, to our, to our Warhound <laughs> Titans. Well, how, how dare you do that? Because you said you're at Warhammer World, right? Isn't that like where they sell Forge World shit? Yeah, so this is like the main <laughs> thing. That's what I mean. So the guys from Forge World, like at the print and stuff, came out to have a look at this thing. I mean, they were impressed with the design. Don't get me wrong. With, with the tubing in the boxes, admittedly, it, it did look very good. But it was just, it was, it was a bit of an insult to the original design, to be fair. But, you, <laughs> you know, to, to have that creativity and take time and doing that is like fair enough. But, you know, if you like the hobby, you, you got, you know, you got, you got to splash your cash and, and get the real thing at the end of the day, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, because I had a, when I first started playing back in fourth edition, someone scratch built a Thunderhawk gunship. And like that was just out of cardboard. And at the time, I was like, "Oh, that looks so cool!" Because I was young. Yeah, I saw one. It was um, cow riptides, but made out of papercraft. So like all the folded edges. Oh yeah. And uh, the guy had done it up as like it was cell shaded, so he'd like drawn over. It, they made it look like, like like Borderlands, basically. Yeah. And oh, I, like, okay. I fucking loved it. That's. It uh, was so cool. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, I I love Tau, so I'm I'm a I'm a big Tau player, and. Uh, well, I've probably got like five, six thousand points of towel. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I've got three riptides, and I'm just like, I want more. Like, I want, I want them. I want, I want the ninth edition codex to say, yes, you can take riptides and squads. <laughs> oh man, for sure, that'd be like I um. There was a battle report I seen on play on tabletops where it was just like battle suits versus demons in a like kaiju battle thing. And I was yeah. like, oh, man, it just looks so good because you had, like, Towner, Riptides, um, the Storm Surge, and then Commanders. And that was his whole list. Oh, and, like, a Ivana as well. Well, that, damn, that just looks awesome. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm waiting on one part for my Supremacy Armor to come through because I've got the four-drawn Supremacy Armor. And, and like, painting that thing is going to be a nightmare. It's the last Helmut I need to paint for my army. Oh man, that, that's going to take long to paint. You know, I, I plan to live stream the whole painting session. Um, Dude, that's going to that. take us. So, that's like what 12, 14 hour session there for you. Oh, yeah, just as well, magnetize the uh, side guns. <laughs> just be careful if we talk about Tau too much, we might lose Caleb. <laughs> I, Tau's fine, Tau players are the worst. I, I, just just I, as well, we collect six armies and then not just towel then, so I've got myself covered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. You're not um, a towel player then. I, yeah, I, I just yeah. still have PTSD about 7th edition towel versus orcs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that's what it is. Yeah, deletes your turn one sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, but but my little brother, he he just started playing and he got himself a bunch of towel, including, was it three Riptides? Yeah. Oh, a handful of broadsides, and anyway, uh, he would delete my army in like a couple of turns. So by the end of it, he was bringing two thousand points, and I was cheating 
and bringing like 3,000, 3,500 worth of uh, orcs and still barely <laughs> making it to turn three. Oh, man. Um, the amount of salt I have against your little brother that I shot a volcano cannon and he stopped it with one single drone. This is supposed to be like yeah. the biggest laser cannon that the Imperium have, and a drone's just like, oh, bye. Invulnerable oh, save. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like tradition drone rules were crazy. Yeah, it was, just, it was very upsetting because it was like, the volcano cannon is my favorite weapon, and I was like, yeah, this is going to be sick, and I wasn't aware of the drone rule at the time, and he's like, oh, if I roll a two up, the drone just dies and then it's over. I'm like, hold up. What? And he's like, there you go. And I was like, I, I was very upset about that. Scrounging through rules trying to figure out how the hell this one drone negates a volcano cannon. Yeah, and then it's right there, and I'm like, <laughs> I was like, ah, ah, I quit. Like that that's it. <laughs> Good old days. Um Caleb, I'm also interested to see your opinion on this. So, Jordan, before we are talking about, like, gatekeeping in the hobby. Oh, yeah. Like, where, like we, we see it a fair bit, like, on TikTok where we've built up such a great community between us all that when a gatekeeper comes in, it's very, like, you just notice it. Like, it stands out like a sore thumb. And... It's starting to become such a problem because, like, on TikTok, there's starting to be a lot of, like, female painters and, like, painters that are openly gay and stuff like that. And it's, like, these people are getting ripped to shreds even though they've got, like, some of the best talents that we see in the hobby. Look, honestly, as far as it all goes, I, 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 I'm part of a few different hobbies. I've got 3D printing. Obviously, there's PC gaming. And and I used to think PC gamers were the worst of the worst when it came to gatekeeping and elitism yeah. until I got back into Warhammer. And it is just ridiculous. Like coming down to stuff like people making homemade models and stuff like that, which is something I find really cool with the 3D printing and everything that we've got these days. And people just ragging them because they're not true models or this ever so slightly different or goddamn female space marines it bugs me to tease if someone wants to have a female space marine army go nuts right like you you, you do you. you i don't have to play against it i don't have to deal with it I do. if you want to build it that's you you put it on the internet it's painted pretty points exactly and it, it's something that we're coming across a lot where it's like it's just like why does it affect you yeah. If, yeah. Now, gatekeeping, and then and telling people how they can and can't enjoy uh, the hobby is is just baffling to me. I think it's I, th- I think it's sad because even even when you look at Warhammer started, I mean, like you, you I, I have so I have White Dwarf magazines from years and years ago. Yeah. You go back in them. There are women in these White Dwarf magazines. Right. It wasn't a problem then, so why are you making it a problem now? And this is, it's so frustrating. Like, right. the hobby is for everyone, you know. It's, it's something that people need to learn, you know. It, it is literally, you, you cannot put a label on a hobby. You cannot put a label on a game. It is for everyone. I, I don't understand why we're now living in this kind of world. It's so obscene. It, it, it does not make sense at all. 
Yeah, exactly. The, 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 the whole culture of it has changed because even back in the day in your wide dwarfs, you got printouts to fold up Land Raiders and Rhinos and other things. And they, they, they took your kit bashes and they, they published them and none of that anymore. Can't do any of it. Like, it's all... Yeah. The like, whole hobby's whole, just gone through this metamorphosis for the worst, as far as I can tell. Yeah, which is a real shame because there's so much, like, potential and... You know, like like you said, I've got some white dwarfs where they actually like have kit bashes, and some of them are from like third party resources or even other games. And they're just like, this is where we got the parts from. But now it's just so. And there are people out there that are genuinely like, oh, if it's not a hundred percent Games Workshop, they don't want to play against it. GW used to have a, their official tournaments that had to be ninety percent Games Workshop models. Like that's back only like last year or something like that and now they have to be a hundred percent unless it's bases or something else it yeah but why not let people have fun with like that and that that's I something you guys I, I spend a fair bit of money like i throw a fair bit of money at, at gw over the years and i feel like if i want to take a model and add a cybernetic arm to it i still want to be able to take that down to my local game shop and play it in a tournament for sure and this is something that Jordan will agree with me on. We see some really cool stuff on TikTok and it's like a lot of people put really good effort and like they have really good talent with this sort of stuff. And just knowing there are people like gatekeepers out there that say, nah, that's not good just because you're using a 3D printed head. Yeah. Look, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm fully, I fully support GW going down the avenue of having downloadable content that you can buy and 3D print at home. So instead of buying a 10-pack of Guardsmen, you could pay X amount of dollars or even like a rental where you could print it from their website X amount of times or whatever. I think there's there's heaps of ways Games Workshop can go about this sort of – this this whole metamorphosis of the hobby without go, uh, getting lawyers involved and arming up and saying that you can't do this, you can't do that, and telling people how they can enjoy the hobby. Yeah, I was just going to say like – in that sense, the Games Workshop are almost gatekeeping themselves. Yeah, well, they're, they're I, I coming across as open-minded and stuff, but they're not doing themselves any favors. It, it's kind of difficult because, like, I, I, I see it from both sides as both a um, you know a customer of Games Workshop and kind of understanding what they're doing at the same time. Like, I do understand that they have to protect their assets. You know, it is their company at the end of the day. Right. Um, you know, it's like, it, it, you know, I think, I think in my opinion, I, I, I try and look at it from both perspectives. Like, you know, if I owned this company, I wouldn't exact, I wouldn't exactly want people, um, you know, um, I, I, I'm going to use this in a polite term. I would say borrowing the assets of a scaled model uh, for then it to be printed for free, um, even though you know technically you are buying the 3D printer to to yeah. build these models. And technically, it's not free, but in a way, once you've got that printer, it's then the water oyster. You know. Yeah. See that, that that's what I was getting at though. It, it's not so much that people should be allowed to steal the assets, print them themselves, have a full tower army for a quarter of the price and pay GBW nothing. I think GW should be supporting the community as a whole and chart like have like a library of models that they can download like base models and stuff like that. And then have their kits as the, the, the deluxe version. 
So yeah. you're still buying from VW without. Well, it's like, mostly like I don't think they should be doing whole models, but like they should have Iron Hands upgrade sprues that they don't make anymore and they don't support anymore. Being able to be three D printed at home at a couple of dollars to download the to buy purchase the STL file, and then I can have an Iron Hands army without having to go through eBay and pay scalpers prices for OOP models. Yeah. Okay. That that's fair. Like if they had like a library. Oh, so I've been saying like. Games Workshop goes Buster style. Yeah. You know, you rent the STL, you print as many times as you want within three days. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was just saying, like, I feel like GW could handle this better than they are. Like, I'm not, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not into marketing. I don't know how businesses work, but I just feel like just just going nah, nothing. You can't do any of it and anything that you we do find that like that you'll be reprimanded for I, yeah. I, I feel like that's just putting everybody else who does it on the back foot straight away. I think it's like what Jordan said, though, like they do have to protect themselves. And I think because we're in an age where everyone is so accessible to it, that so many people are doing it that they feel like they don't have another option. I, I, I mean, I can see that. And I understand like from a business point of view, how this could be a, a, a major turning point in their company. But you're not going to stop. They they can't stop people. I could go out right now, spend three hundred dollars, well, say five hundred dollars, and get two different types of printers. One for doing big models. One for doing small, miniature sized, like twenty eight mil character sized models. And I could print out a whole army and call it Space Marines if I wanted to. It's just dudes in power armors with backpacks. Right, and there are people and I can my friends. Yeah, there are people on TikTok that are doing that. Like, they're printing their self whole armies and they're not spending a single cent on GW, but getting a full army out of it. So, yeah, I'm just saying that GW needs to find a way to work with this, this budding community and not shoot themselves in the foot and annex the whole lot. Yeah. As soon as they came out with the, the no more, no more third-party models, no more 3D printing, I immediately went and scavenged up a whole guard army that I'm going to print out as soon as I can because yeah. fuck them. <laughs> I, I think it's difficult because, you, you know, as, as a company, what, what do you do? I mean, that's a bit like saying, you know, you've got someone who used to work for like a Burger King or something. They steal the whole recipe, but they just change the buns. But it doesn't mean they're copying them because the buns are different, you know. But the whole everything right, but, on the insides the same. <laughs> right. So we're actually there's actually a problem about that here in Australia, where um, obviously I work at McDonald's and we have the Big Mac, like that's our iconic thing. Hungry Jacks have come out with a burger that they've literally called the Big Jack, and it's I love that. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> it's literally the same, like it's the same burger. It essentially is. It's just obviously like Hungry Jacks. Uh, you should- yeah. So Hungry Jacks is um, Burger King. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just, I, I don't know. That, that's kind yeah. of the, the point of what I was saying, Like, you know, you've got people three D printing to then like buying GW models, and it's kind of like it, it's that kind of format. And... I, I just think GW could handle it differently than they are at the moment, and this the three D models got third party things, three D models coupled with their crackdown on um, uh, GW-related content on YouTube and other sources. It's all making them come across as really tyrannical. They're really 
bad for the community, if you will, and uh, I don't think it's helping the image, and a lot of people are uh, quite up in arms about it. See, the thing about and, you mentioned about the YouTube thing, right? So my understanding of the whole thing is they've never stopped people doing it. They've just stopped people making money off it. So, like, um, I know a couple of channels, they're just – their things are demonetized. That's the only thing that's happened to them. So they can still make the content if they do it for fun. They're just not making money off intellectual property that's not theirs. And I can kind of understand that because it's getting to a point where, like, they're about to drop essentially, like, Warhammer Plus, which is like Disney Plus but for Warhammer. They want to make sure that all the money they've spent on hiring the animators and everything they need for that isn't like it's not going to flop. But then they've come across, like you said, as very tyrannical, and it's going to be a problem where they're going to release Warhammer Plus. And like we've already got a friend in our group who said he's cancelling his Warhammer subscription because of it. So that's what I'm saying. I'm saying they're not necessarily in the wrong for what they're trying to do. But they're definitely, I definitely feel like they could handle it better. Yeah. That, that, that's the main main crux of it all. That George, what were you I, I think it's hard because you know, you, you, where, where you've got a whole, where you've got a company that are specialised in models, and then you know they don't normally focus on like the animated, you know, process, and when it comes to like the videos or you know, the bat reps and what anything have you, you know, that they mainly concentrate in selling, you know, your paints, your brushes and your models, you know. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think the the concept of kind of the media world, it's like, right, okay, how do we approach this without having to do X, Y, and Z? Yeah. Yeah, like I said, I understand why they're doing it. I understand the business model is affected by all of it. It just, yeah, I feel like they could have handled the whole situation better. Yeah. But saying that, yeah. I have no idea how you'd do it because it's, it's not my jam. That's it. That, that is the <laughs> next point is like as much as we say all this and like we'd like it to be better, it's like how, how can you do it? Because they still need to protect what's theirs and they still need to make sure the wrong people aren't making money off it. Like there's, there's nothing wrong. That, that was the next point I was going to bring up. All this 3D printing, all this sort of stuff. It's only banned at Games Workshop official events. So, like, there's nothing stopping me going to a tournament here in Australia and with a full 3D printed army because the ones here in Australia aren't DW official. That, that's what I was saying. Like, when they said that, that, that they wouldn't let you use any sort of 3D printed parts or models, that I decided I was going to 3D print a whole army just to be spiteful. So yes. now, previously, I wouldn't have done it. I'm going to now just be spiteful. And I feel like I wouldn't be the only one who would react that way, even though it doesn't actually affect me. Yeah. So, like, oh. I mean, Gordon, yeah. one thing you'll learn about Caleb is he, he can be a petty dick if he wants. Oh, I'm a huge petty dick. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. think, I just think for me, because, like, I, I've always, like, been like a GW lawyer. You know, when everything I get, like paints, brushes, you know, comes from W, I won't get it from like, I won't get it from anywhere else, like, you know, Amazon, eBay, or because I respect the company. And not only that, is I've, I've also got friends who work for GW. So it's like, you know, I'm also feel like I'm contributing towards their wages. Right. Um, and I think, and I think one thing that was mentioned as well, it's, um, you know, how much 
the GW staff get paid. You know, so I don't know how much they get paid. I, yes, I've got friends who work there. I don't know. But, I, like, uh, apparently it's not great, but I, I think they just definitely deserve to get paid more. Okay, so an, an average, so believe it or not, an average GW store in the UK is pretty much the same as it is over there. So, like, you'll go into a store, you'll probably have, like, two people working tops in Games Workshop, maybe one person now because of everything going on with COVID because, you know, loads of people are not going out with the intention to buy models nowadays anyway because the purchase is always pretty much done online. Yeah. So. And uh, just, just, just before we go too much further, I'd like to point out that GW, before COVID, was doing really well with all their releases and they were probably getting lots of cash inflow and COVID you know, probably stuff them like it did the rest of the world. And now they're doing with, they've probably invested all this money into Warhammer Plus and their tournament scene and all these new models. And they might not be getting the return that they expected. So that might be driving a lot of this closed fisted attitude about what you can and can't do. Like, like oh, did you, just to play devil's advocate, they're probably reeling a bit from all of it and, and to make. As much profit as they were printing on all of it. Yeah, but I feel like because of COVID and lockdown, like I think more people are also making purchases because they're at home doing it. Yeah, I, I know a lot of people have picked up armies and stuff like that, but I, I imagine that, you know, if yeah. I go into a, a GW in my next uh, city, I'm going to buy something. If I just go there for a look, I'm going to buy something. Whereas if during COVID, they wouldn't get that in-store foot traffic. I mean, that's a fair point, yeah. I mean, I'm not part of it. I don't have access to what they are or aren't making or what they projected or anything like that. There was just a there, – there, there could be reasons behind their, their, their current attitude towards it all. Because before yeah, – yeah. I've mean, I I, I been thinking about – Down in the UK, they used to do, like, kind of – trips like with coaches all the time you know you had warhammer roll then you had like um games day and games day was awesome games day was kind of like their ultimate event every year they did they would rent out like a massive arena you know you'd have golden demon painters there you'd have the writers for like the black library there they would have a forge road sale there you know they have like these massive kind of like space marine or uh rhino tank kind of um, displays, if you will, and then everyone will go and cosplay and just check out this awesome stuff. And you'd see some people have games, and it's like Games Workshop. If there's one thing I want you to do, is bring back these trips and these events. I don't know why they stopped doing them. Like, as a kid, that was the one thing that really rolled me into Games Workshop. That I was told, Oh, they, we do trips like to Warhammer and stuff like that. Yeah, I want to go. You know, I went yeah. to Warhammer twice on Games Day once. And I, I, I went to their very last Games Day they ever did in 2012. And man, you know, I, I'd love it for them to do that again because I think that will just draw more hobbies in again. Now, I don't know if you ever got that up in Australia. I don't no, know no, if they no. just did These trips were amazing. And it's one thing Games Workshop needs to do. If, if they want to make a profit damn get these trips back in because that i feel like that is where games Workshop will make a lot of money doing these trips and i'm not just saying that to like boost you know their cash flow but i'm saying it because people like me and you guys who are really into warhammer would love to go to these events 
but not just that, it's a good opportunity for new people to come into it. Like if they have these events, it's like it's a good idea of actually showing what the hobby is about. Oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely, like we don't we don't have anything of that scale done by DW and stuff. Like when when I I joined up to the 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 the, the cold of the plastic crack, I was walking down my local mall, and I saw a GW uh, shop there, and I just wandered in, thinking, oh, I'm gonna laugh at these nerds playing with their little toys," and I walked <laughs> out with a with a with Blackreach, like uh, assault on Blackreach, and I haven't looked back since. I just expanded and expanded and expanded from there. So foot traffic has definitely got to be one of the best ways to get people into the hobby. They can see it, they can feel it, they can get involved in it, and then everybody's happy. It's great as well because thing is, when you go to these events, you meet so many new people. I've met so many new friends through the hobby, especially over TikTok, and it's it's just great. You know, I've I've had games with Devil Miniature war games who came down to mine and we had a couple games it was great it was a blast so the fact that as well it's like i'm interacting now with other hobbyists in yeah. the uk is great and you know i'd love to have games again with you guys on the uh, on the other side of the very big pond that, yes. that's it right? <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah like that that's the big thing is like you mentioned about tiktok like i never expected this sort of community on tiktok because i I just had it because all the kids at work were talking about it. And I was like, you know what? I want to know what they're talking about. So I had it. And then just out of the blue, some of the stuff started popping up on my newsfeed. And I was like, all right. So like I saw a lot of Wes Hammer at the start because everyone does. He's got 290K followers. And then I started like going down through it and I found all these people. And I was like, there's actually something here. So I started following everyone and watching all their stuff and, I was like, shit, this is cool. So I uploaded a couple of videos, just like one a month. And then it was between Barely Painted's lives and your lives, Jordan, that I was like, mm. this is what I want to fucking do. Like, I want to hit that one case <laughs> so that I can do lives too. Like, this is sick. Yeah, and, and I think it's so good as well because, we like, together as well, you find people like, yeah, let's get this guy to one case so we can get him live as well and interact with more people. I love that. It's so good how much, like, as soon as someone's like, oh, I want to hit 1K, everyone's all about it. They're like, fucking, yeah, let's do it. And I love seeing that. And, like, some of these newer ones that are starting now, I remember what it was like when I was new and starting and looking up to you guys. And then now I'm seeing these people where it's like they've just hit 300 followers and they're, like, super ecstatic. They're putting out thank you videos. I'm like, I remember that. And I was like, that. I just remember that joy of hitting those achievements where it was like, this is the coolest shit ever. And everyone was so supportive about it and helped you like get there and you make so many friends from it. And even now still like making more and more friends that I was like, mm. this is what I want to fucking do. Like I want to hit that one case <laughs> so that I can do lives too. Like this is sick. Yeah. And, and I think it's so good as well because we like together as well, you find people like, yeah, let's get this guy to one case so we can get him live as well and interact with more people. I love that. It's so good how much, like, as soon as someone's like, oh, I want to hit 1K, everyone's all about it. They're like, fucking, yeah, let's do it. And I love seeing that. And, like, some of these newer ones that are starting now, I remember what it was like when I was new and starting and looking up to you guys. And then now I'm seeing these people where it's like 
they've just hit 300 followers and they're like super ecstatic. They're putting out thank you videos. I'm like, I remember that. And I was like, that's, I just remember that joy of hitting those achievements where it was like, this is the coolest shit ever. And everyone was so supportive about it and helped you like get there. And you make so many friends from it. And even now still like making more and more friends. That, that's the thing as well. And like, I will say like, if anyone like wants me to do like a shout out on my page, let me know. Like, I'm, I'm happy to give you a shout out on my page because I will support you because I want you to do well. I want you to succeed and make great, you know, and go live on your TikToks and carry on with the great content that, you know, people are doing as well. So, you know, it's, it's about having that medium as well. And I think one thing that needs to be addressed the most is if you're a Warhammer content creator you and you follow someone and they do Warhammer, follow them back. It's I just find it so important because that shows that you're not just doing it for the Warhammer community. You're doing it because you love the hobby you know, yeah. and you're, everyone like, else that does it. We've talked about this in the past where it's such a shot in the foot where some of these bigger content creators are just not following back. And it's like, you know, I understand it can be like full on, like trying to keep up with it all, but it's like, it kind of shows at that point they're detaching themselves from the actual community and just doing it to be a content creator. And that's where oh, it was yeah. like, that's not what I wanted to achieve with average Wargamer is I wanted to be part of that community. I wanted to build it because that's the cool side of it. Like we're saying, seeing all these new people and supporting each other and, you know, watching people when they do their first live is incredible because they're always so excited and so nervous and it just reminds you of what it was like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, you got. I feel like, oh, man, that was me back in the day. Yeah, but you'll be fine. Yeah, and <laughs> you know, just again, like, just being there for a couple of views, like you might only be able to watch for ten minutes, but just popping into that ten minutes, saying hi, like it's good because it's just that interaction. Which you know, I used to be so nervous just being a watcher going into lives because the first time I joined live, I got like I was just scrolling through. I didn't realize it was a live. Then they called me out and I freaked out and just scrolled off their thing because I was like, why are they talking to me? But now it's like, I love just popping in. I'm like, look, can't say long. Just want to say, hey, like, especially when I know it's their first live, you're like, hey, congrats on the first live. And yeah, it, it's so cool as well. It's like, it's, it's, it's just amazing. Like, um, I think the the main person that got me into doing the TikToks was uh, Devil Miniature War Games. And the and, fact as well, I, th- I think the fact that when you meet the person, who got you into making the the TikToks? That that's something else, you know. It's just like whoa, and then yeah. you know, becoming friends with the friends with them, you know, just outside of the app as well. I'm really getting to know, you know, these awesome people. It's like wow, well, I can't believe it. It's, it's almost like meeting someone famous, you know. <laughs> well, you <laughs> yeah. had Devin come to your house to play games. Like that's in itself is something yeah. huge because you're like this person got you into it and now because of everything that's happened, he's coming to play games with you. Like he's coming to share that hobby with you. It, it, it's something else. It's, it, you know, it's like, oh wow, I'm speechless. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. And you know, in, I joined his live the other day and he's like, man, there's a tournament in October. Don't want to come. I was like, yeah, man, I want to go. I mean, like, some of the details, man. So, like, I think in October I might be going to this event with him, which is just, like, 
hey, I'll pick up from, he's like, yeah, I'll pick up from the train station and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll head our way there. I was like, yeah, wicked, man. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, it's a good feeling. Caleb, you really need to start posting on TikTok and get famous with us. Oh, I'm quite happy just to camp out in your camp, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine, but I, I, I don't have the time, the energy, or the the desire to be world famous. That's fair. Well, I was saying to people, like, because people at work know I have the TikTok, and they know that I don't, I don't show them the shit because I keep it outside of work. But they know I do it. But I've been stopped in the shopping mall because people know I work at Macca's, and that drives me nuts. I hate it. So I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to handle this, where if, like, if I'm going to shops and they're like, hey, I know you from TikTok, I'm like, eh, people interacting <laughs> with. <laughs> this well, is well, a community where we interact. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I went, I went to my local GW uh, 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 like last, uh, the other weekend, and I, and I got recognized by um, one of the guys that worked there. And I was, it was just like, Wait, you know, yeah, yeah, you're the TikTok. And I was like, wait, hold on, hold on. I just have to say thanks to someone from Games Workshop who recognized me from TikTok. Wait, hold on. This is something yeah. else. <laughs> like, that's what I mean. Like, it'd feel good, but it's just like, I know how I feel when I'm stopped in the shopping mall for like people that know me because I work at Macca's. And I'm like, surely it's got to feel better because it's actually a hobby I enjoy. But at the same time, people interaction for me can be a bit weird. Yeah, I see. Yeah, that kind but- of the brash asshole. So uh, I just don't want to see on the internet. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's fair. I, you know, in, in all fairness, I I felt the same way at, at the start. Like, I didn't want to show my face on on TikTok, and I kind of just I don't know. I I kind of just God, the amount of times I like have uploaded a video that hasn't shown my face, or even talking. Like, I still sometimes get a bit uncomfortable talking because I'm just like I listen to my voice back, and I'm like. uh yeah, but I don't watch my lives back. I'm just like, right, I've, I've done that now. That's yeah. it. <laughs> That's it's out there. I can't do it about it. No point dwelling on it. Yeah, no, like, like people watched it, they enjoyed it. Let's leave it. No more. <laughs> like, you're kind of doing a live and if I don't want to watch it back, no. Why? <laughs> I mean, have, have you heard my voice? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like other people enjoy this. Let's just leave it. Like, they're having fun. <laughs> Did, did you go to sleep watching this person's live stream? <laughs> <laughs> Was it because of their voice? Yes. Is it best to have this <laughs> doing a pity view? I, th- I think what makes what I find interesting is the amount of people like go live streaming and they're sleeping and they get tons of views. And there's people like us who are like painting, doing these crafts, and they're like ten viewers. Yeah. No. I, yeah. No. I, I had come across one of those lives where. Um, it was just a dude putting rubber bands on watermelon and it'd been live oh, for like, it'd been live for three hours and it was on like I think it was like a hundred K viewers. And I was like, how many people have stuck around for this? <laughs> thing is everyone wants to see the watermelon blew up though, you know, because he's put so many rubber bands around you, you know. Because the thing is it's intense and I'm not gonna lie, it draws people in. Yeah, see, I, I get the water, uh, the watermelons, and, and anything that actually is somebody doing something is it makes sense to me. But the yeah, sleeping, the, whole, the sleeping thing is a bit weird. <laughs> like, doesn't that make you borderline creepy if you're enjoying watching someone's live where they're asleep? Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure that's a fetish. <laughs> yeah, no, pretty, pretty good. I don't know. What what I might have to do is get a Warhound Sky Titan and 
see how many rubber bands it takes for it just to like just implode. <laughs> Honestly, just just tuck the warm hand into your bed and just see how many views it gets. Oh god! <laughs> and then just have some real weird, like creepy, um, like nighttime music as well. Yeah, just waiting for it to do something. So it reminds me of um, oh god, mini war gaming. How they used to do the the skits with the demon prince. Oh yes, yes. Life as a war gamer. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, as a war gamer, and then Dave goes around with the deafy. Yes, love that. That's oh, like, I've watched anything of this. So, like, with me, like with me and wargaming, if there's one thing I want them to do back is the Life is a Wargamer series. Like, I think my favourite one was where Dave, he's got his codex, and he's just trying to read it in peace, but everywhere he goes, there's so much noise. And, like, I can relate to that so much. You know, <laughs> you're just trying to read the codex in peace, but anywhere he goes, too much noise. Right. Man, I remember being in secondary school and having that same issue. You know, I just want to go around, read my codex in peace. I will take my codex to school with me, yeah. trying to study my armies for my game, um, you know, for the afternoon, because I'll be going up the local mall for a game in Games Workshop. And I'm like, man, ever I go, there's, like, students, like, Screaming or racing around, or I'm like, you know, there's a football week kicked at me. I was just like, man, I'm trying to read my codex, man. Leave me alone. <laughs> I have that same exact problem now, but it's because I decided to have a bunch of mini me's running around. <laughs> bunch, man. Uh, you got a whole football team there. Yeah, it's a netball team. True, they are. Yeah. Hey, you never know. They might want to get into football now. Yeah, but they're all in a netball at the moment, so. Ah, oh, there you netball go. Champ. We'll change as, as they grow, I guess. <laughs> uh, um, uh, they, well, the first thing that they did that made me stop watching was they got rid of Quirk, which I'll never forgive them for. He, he went into real estate. He left that for yeah, real estate. I know. It was such a weird thing, but I, I'm happy for him. If he's doing something he really loves and he's making a quid out of it, then good for him. But yeah, that was I sort of lost interest once Quirk left. Yeah. <laughs> Who was that telling guy? The what one? Um, the the guy who played Tao, I can't remember his name. Uh, Colin. Yeah, because he's he's got a different channel now, hasn't he? He's got his own war gaming channel, hasn't he? Oh, does he? Uh, are you talking about the mountain? No, no, not not the mountain. No, but he used he used to play Tao, um, and uh, oh, I, I can't I can't remember his name at all. Is um, it is it Colin? Like he was a younger kid. Yeah, he, he seemed like a quite youngish cap, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he, he would play Tau every time. Um, was it, you know, and, was and it that grey-blue Tau army? I think so, yeah, or it might have been a green-knot Tau army. I can't remember. Yeah. This is going back, like, 4th, 5th edition, so this is years ago. Oh, right, yeah. No, it oh, wouldn't, wouldn't be Colin. No. Nah. <laughs> No, because that's when I was watching them, um, because um, my, cause my dad does 40K as well. So, like, my dad got me into the hobby, and then I started watching YouTube videos, how to start. And then the first YouTube video I came across was Mini Wargaming Dave doing his, like, Blood Angels, how to start. Like, first you want to get, you know, your starter collectors, and then you want to get a HQ, and then you want to get, like, something heavy like a Predator or a Dreadnought, and it was just like, oh, okay, this is how I start, and then I just watched their channel from there. Yeah. The days when Dreadnoughts were considered heavy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. See, 
and, and times where Chaos Space Marines used to be able to take Dreadnoughts as well. See, I think, like, don't get me wrong, I love Hellbrutes, but I don't think there should be no reason why Chaos Space Marines still cannot take Dreadnoughts. Well, yeah. I feel the exact same way. I would. I do not feel Hellbrutes just because I feel like they're, I don't know, too edgelordy, I guess. But I, if you just gave me a standard fucking Dreadnought, like just a standard pattern Dreadnought, I would play one of those all the time. I love Dreadnoughts. What, Dreadnoughts is like one of the models that got me into 40K. Yeah, oh, 100%. I've got like five Dreadnoughts for my Space Wolves. I, I don't play Space Marines. I have a Space Marine army, and I've played it maybe twice since I got them. And I've had them since 5th edition. And I have like four Dreadnoughts yeah. doing nothing. <laughs> the, cha- the change to Hellbrute was unfortunate because I feel like it should have been its own separate unit. Like, like Iron Warriors having um, Hellbrutes doesn't make sense because Iron Warriors are all about having their cool armor and shit like that. So it makes more sense. Are they anti-corrupt anyway? What was that? Are they like anti-corruption? Like they replace their limbs when they get all tentacly? Yeah, like they. So not, why would they have a unit that's dedicated to metal being transfigured into flesh? Yeah, that, that's my point. Like, Hellbrute should be an option, but not to replace Dreadnoughts. So I think, I think the way I look at Hellbrutes, I feel like Hellbrutes should be designed around like if a Chaos spawn was like a ver- a variant of like a Dreadnought is kind of like or, or how like a Dreadnought possessed. Yeah. Yeah. You know I mean? It's like yeah, if a chaos, like if a marine dies inside a dreadnought, that's kind of like your hell brute. That's that's the way I look at it anyway. But yeah, I yeah. think I did a video a while ago on like, oh, what forty k model should like be created and what army should be having it. And I think the fact that of like having like a hell brute sorcerer for the thousand suns seems to be right. Like, like a, or even like a libra- uh, blood angels librarian dread, like the equivalent to or, that, or even just like a a, a dark apostle dreadnought. Because you think oh, if yeah. anyone's going to get turned into a dreadnought, it'd be one of those guys. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I just I just think a hellbrew dreadnought. Uh, sorry, hellbrew psyker for like the yeah. thousand suns is just so cool. Like yeah, like. Like, imagine, like, having an ability where it's, like, because Hellbrook can go into range, right? And they can charge, like, the closest uh, enemy or friendly unit. So imagine casting a spell where it's, like, okay, I'm going to make my Hellbrook go into a berserk mode. I'm going to cast it to go crazy just because I'm close to an enemy unit. So I automatically pass charge rolls without having to charge or roll any dice. Oh, that'd be good. Like, yeah, I get what you mean. Like, I think because Blood Angels have a dreadnought that it's psycho too. Like, why wouldn't Thousand Suns? Thousand Suns, that's yeah. their thing. And you're not exactly going to waste a, a dreadnought um, sarcophagus on, on you know, a pile of dust. So, exactly. all that's their the, dreadnoughts would be that's, sorcerers. That's the other thing. Like, in lore, there are no Marines to fill a dreadnought. So Hellbrute shouldn't exist in the Thousand Suns without it being a sorcerer, so it should keep its power. Damn, law certified. <laughs> Call out TW, we got this. <laughs> let, let, us, let us come up with concept and model ideas for you. <laughs> Sign us <laughs> up. <laughs> I guarantee I, 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 I would drive it into the ground because Marines would not get another fucking release as far as I can tell. <laughs> I, I will probably do it for free. <laughs> I'll do it via email. It's fine. I don't need to come into the office. Yeah, just like, 
It's like orcs better, marines worse. Done. Look at that. Magic. No, not worse. Just, just no more. That's it. Done. <laughs> all right. So, you remember how you there was rumors about phasing out first one? Just phase them all out. Like, that's it. They're done. Now, orcs. The only, thing the, the, the only thing protecting uh, humanity now is, is Ogrens. The, the half-human, half-orc dude. <laughs> oh, it, it's funny how you say that because my friend bought me a box of Ogrens today um, as like a late birthday gift. Oh, nice. It was just like, oh, talk about Ogrens. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, God, I can't believe it's been like five months since my last purchase. Kill what me. was your last? That, there's a question for us all. What was your last purchase? Oh dear. Okay. Um. So, like new in box or can be secondhand? Well, okay. No. So I spent two hundred and eighty quid. Um. In one in one day on Games Workshop, I literally got paid and spent about two hundred and eighty quid. So I bought. <laughs> Um, I bought a Bane Blade. Um, I bought um, three squads of Cablite Warriors, um, two squads of Incubi, the Combat Patrol box set for Dakari, uh, two heavy weapons platforms, and I also bought my dad a birthday gift because his birthday gift is because his birthday's coming up, and I bought him a Chaos Knight. Oh, I want to count this on face. I honestly cannot argue with any of those purchases between the guard and the Jakari and the Chaos Knight's a good touch. Yeah, yeah so, the yeah, thing yeah, is, yeah. I'm facing it, so it's not going to be a good touch. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? There's, like, you know, there's your big tanky gift. Have fun killing my units with it. <laughs> you know, this is the problem when, when me and my dad play 40k. It's like, you know, knowing that we have to buy some nice gifts just to destroy each other's armies. Yeah, there's a defining thing. Thanks, and sons. Yeah, thanks, Dad. Yeah, here, here's a They will always roll super well against you. Because you bought it and gave it away. <laughs> It'll have a grudge. Yeah, this is it. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry your gift didn't come with weighted dice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my last purchase, well, my last new purchase was probably a Disco Lord for Chaos. Yes. But my last full purchase would have been, oh, Mark's um, table. Oh, yeah. Um, has uh, it, did he show you a picture of what it looks like? It's just gray, isn't it? It's just unpainted. No, no, no. It's, um, it's lava. So it's like, lava? imagine like Mustafar. So it's yeah, all, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's all black. But then, like all the like skulls and stuff, is uh, painted like a lava color. Oh, he told me. I thought he said it was unpainted. Right, he told me he was going to swap with an unpainted one, but he took it from the store in um, Townsville. Townsville. Yeah, so he gave us that one. So at least we have a painted one. Oh, fucking, that's baller! Oh, yeah, done. Like, I got that for a tip and cost. Yeah, because he um, it even matches like Kane's bases for his marines. Ah, that's baller! I'm yeah. so excited for that. I, I was expecting a full grey board too. Yeah, no, he, he didn't tell me any of that. He hasn't shown me any of that. Oh, I'll send you a picture that's, when that's I get perfect. home. Oh, yeah, no stress, no stress. Yeah. I'll, I'll see it in 10 weeks. Mm. Thanks. Mm. There's not many chairs. 
Yeah, I haven't purchased yeah. anything in a while, but I've um, I swapped my Necrons for Tau. Oh, you did, did you? Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Well, well, hold on. Did, did, did I say you swapped one army for Tau? Hold on, don't. You're going to make me blush. So no, um, I actually got a really sweet deal with it because I only had sixteen hundred points of Tau uh, of Necrons, but I'm getting like two thousand points of Tau, and one of them's an uh, Avana. So I'm getting a Forge World model with it. Uh, I'm just going to put this out there, Matt, that you bought the Necrons when they were at like the peak of eight, and now they're at the bottom of ninth, and you're getting rid of them? I'm just saying it's a bit sus. Look, man, I'm, you. I'm a meditator. So what can I say? I'm going to tell. <laughs> <laughs> He's uh, only gone and done it for the good. Yeah. Nah, the thing that convinced me is um, Tim, one of Ben's friends, has a heap of necrons and he has all the shit that i wanted anyway so tim was just like look man if you ever want to play necrons just borrow mine i'm like all right bet i'm going to tell them this is all my who convinced you to be the towel player yeah i think well, that, the towel players are douchebags so. yeah that happens to all me. Uh, when you get back, Caleb, what's, what's the first thing you're going to do hobby-wise? Well, I got a heap of 3D printing I want to get on top of. <laughs> and, and then I'd probably like to finish out what's left of my Orc army. I want to bring Crom back up to scratch, so he's going to need a reprint. Oh, yes. Uh, and unless chaos gets something interesting between now and then, probably not much else. That's fair. No, I think I've finished painting my defilers. Ooh, I've got to put one together, but I've been told defies are quite hard to put together just because, like, how the legs um, are when it comes to the base of the model. Are they really that difficult to put together? I haven't put one together. I bought all mine secondhand, uh, oh. so they're already pretty good. I just got to strip them and then repaint them, which is going to be a nightmare. Which is why I put it off so far. I um. I'll answer your question though, George. You're you're putting together Jakari and you're worried about a defiler. Like Jakari is so tiny as the pieces. You know what? You make a fair point. <laughs> like, have you built your raider yet? Um Well, I've I've already got one uh put together. Um but um I've just finished um our Oricon on the combat patrol sets and I'm about to work on the Incubi. But um it's crazy because I'm going to have like four or five man squads of Incubi. Yes. All the Incubi I've bought. Yeah. No. Well, uh, I'm, I'm fond of running boots in the ground, so I approve. So, yeah, no, that's... Um, I was going to say, if you build a Raider, man, you can build anything. I am very glad the ones I bought were secondhand because I've tried to build one and it's a pain. My worst um, models to build were Necron Warriors. I struggled so hard with those bloody things. Right. I, so I never struggled with anything as much as them. Takari Warriors are worse because their arms are so much smaller. Yeah, that's fair enough. Okay. Let, let, let me clarify the most pain, uh, most painful experience when putting models together. And there's probably a lot of people out there who could um, can agree with me on this. When you've got to do the arms and the hand on the gun, 
like on the underneath part. So you've got to have them holding the gun, and then you've got to put the two arms together on the sides all at the same time. Like oh, you didn't think Quicksilver yeah. Deadpool would exist putting Warhammer models together, but no, this is a real life QTE right here where you're just like bang, 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 bang. It's like pressing X, Y, Z on the controller at the same time <laughs> on like every room or something, you know. And it's just like put it together, right? I stick. And then, like, you've got one droopy arm where you've put too much glue on it, and you're just like, oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping, like, Christ, you don't stick your uh, finger to the model and have to pull that off next. That oh, is... yeah, and then it comes up with you, and you're like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, God, I, the amount of times I've pulled apart a space marine because I've glued its arm to my finger. Oh, yeah, sure. You know, it, it's when you have pets and you drop, like, because I've got carpet flooring, right? And, you know, it doesn't matter how much you, you hoover it, you know, cats will come in, you drop a bit of the model, you know, you put glued on it, and then you've got all the cat hair on the <laughs> bloody, on the model, and you're just picking it off, or you're rinsing it under the tabs, and it all up, and it's just like, <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter how many times I hoover my carpet, my cat will just lay on the carpet and be like, oh, this is lovely. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my, yeah, mine is uh, once again the children I'll, I'll cut up the pieces for the model I want to build and I'll have it all set out I'll look away to check the instructions look back and about half of them are missing I look across and one's getting shoved up their nose the other one's playing with them like uh, little dolls and the best thing is you didn't even know the kids were there they just showed up they just appear out of the shadows <laughs> It's been awesome talking to you guys, but I've got to go. Yeah, well, good, man. It's yeah. good to chat. Yeah, likewise. Take care, guys. Enjoy.